ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mingering Nation podcast. Welcome to it. Um, I apologize. I owe you like eight podcasts here. When was the last time that I did a, did a show? When was it? See, it's been that long. Oh, when we lost to Marshall, 49, uh, 49 to 21. Eesh. That's a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think I, I tweeted some of this, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do this and do that. Well, it's true. I am trying to do a bunch of stuff, so uh, I haven't had as much time to do the weekend podcasts uh, like I wanted to. But I'll tell you this, look, we talk, we missed the Liberty, Rice, Southern Miss, UTEP, and now the FIU one, right? Uh, we won four out of five of those, right? So, like, uh, maybe maybe I'm busy doing something, and the team is busy, you know, busy winning. Uh, more more realistically, it's uh, that they're playing not good teams. That Marshall game, right? A, a possible conference title entrant, right? It depends on whether or not they beat Western Kentucky uh, this weekend. You know, 49-21 winners. They pretty much handled that game, uh, just controlled it. Uh, who else is good? Liberty. That's a team where Texas was winning against, and they should have beat, uh, but Malik Willis just kind of showed why he's better than everybody, why he's a talent, why he's going to go um, you know, to the NFL. Uh, at least it looks like it. Uh, he made some ridiculous plays, like flipping the ball over, running to his left with his right hand uh, over just, uh, you know, over and around the whole entire team. You can see why he's good. Um, played at Rice, right, in Houston. There was nobody there. It was like a, a homecoming game, and apparently Rice has only had like five people ever graduate there uh, before. Nobody was there. We had a good time. Uh, Main Green Nation, the family. Um, we, we drove over there. We had a good time. Kids took some pictures with Scrappy. I think I mentioned this after, like in a, in a recap, but uh, my, my kid was like, uh, hey, Dad. Yeah, I was like, hey, we won. Look at that. We won overtime. Um, do you think Scrappy knows that we won? And uh, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I think Scrappy knows that we won. Um, uh, you know, that's kind of his, I don't want to say his job, but that's kind of what he, he knows. He's like, are you sure, Dad? Um, and then the other thing that, you know, I mentioned was I was in the crowd just kind of saying stuff like, come on, uh, Seth, let's dial up something good. And I saw him looking up at the at the press box, and uh, I made a joke like, "Don't look up at Mike Bloch. Uh, you know he doesn't have any answers." And my youngest kid looked at me uh, in response to that, said, "Why is he looking at your butt, Dad?" And uh, I thought that was the most hilarious thing. Uh, so that that happened in Houston. Won that game. Rice is not a good team. They're a disappointment, actually. And uh, you know I saw one of those uh, uh, betting odds. On uh, Mike Bloomgren, looks like he's already on on the hot seat enough to be, you know, where you can place a bet on whether or not he's going to get canned. So, is that impressive? It is not not impressive to beat Rice, but it's necessary, right? Uh, there is a certain amount of figuring out where you stand in the hierarchy of terrible teams, and that is sort of important, right? Being on the being the worst team is pretty much a guarantee to be fired. Like, look, you're the worst, you're gone. Uh, I imagine. That Seth Luttrell, when he fired Clint Bowen last season, uh, pointed to <laughs> the national stats and said, look, we're the worst defense in the nation. You're fired, right? Um, you know, I, I imagine uh, Ren Baker would probably use the same kind of uh, ammunition against Seth Luttrell. He said, look, you're the worst team in the West, worst team in the, in the conference. Uh, you know, you're going. In this case, you beat up on Rice. Well, you beat Rice. You don't beat up on them. You beat them. In overtime, not ideal, whatever, he got the win. Essential. Uh, in 2016, I talk about this a lot because I was there, and it was very pivotal. North Texas lost to Florida, didn't score, right? They got shut out. And they didn't score the first quarter of the next game against Rice. And it, it was like second quarter. At this point, we're like, had gone, you know, lots of quarters without any points. Uh, and we just hired an offensive coach, so that looked very, very precarious there. And Mason Fine uh, found his receiver on fourth down. Uh, was it third down, fourth down? It might have been third down. Uh, like third and 13 or something like that. 
he makes a uh, the the, rece- the cornerback fell down. Uh, dude makes a catch as he's falling. First down. North Texas goes on to score. A uh, little little screen pass, or uh, a little little uh, swing pass. Little uh, what is it called? Uh, wheel route. There you go. And from then on, North Texas kind of steadied themselves. Started playing good football. Mason Fine established themselves. All the good things, right? 2016 leading to 2017, you know, conference championship year. 2018, where North Texas only trailed like for like 10 minutes or something like that all season or whatever it was until the bowl game. And then after that, it was you know sort of has fallen apart or hasn't been as good. We all know that story. But it started with that Rice game. And maybe, just maybe, it's happening again. This game, North Texas did not play well. But they played well enough, and they won, right? Uh, they they allowed a, a touchdown when they shouldn't have. Whatever, we won the game. Then you play Southern Miss, which doesn't have a quarterback at this point. So much so that they said, you know what? We don't have a quarterback. How about we just put our best player at quarterback, and that would be Frank Gore Jr. And they've had success, right? They beat Louisiana Tech on Friday night the other weekend or last weekend, last Friday, right? They actually almost shocked UTSA in San Antonio with that same thing. Everybody was talking about the Friday night game because, you know, everybody could watch it. But Southern Miss had broken out this uh, tactic, this scheme the week prior. And they were better, actually, because uh, Frank Gore Jr. could actually run in that game. Um, And, I mean, it just tells you how bad Tech is now that they saw that on film. Like they released a depth chart and everything. They didn't even give, like, a, hey, look, we got a quarterback and it's going to be this guy, but then actually bring out Frank Gore. No, they were like, Frank Gore is going to be our quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Tech got sliced up by that one uh, and whatever. Uh, we, you know, we, we lost to Louisiana Tech this season. Can you believe it? Uh, they were they were a lot better then. We lost only by the seven points, but whatever. Um, beat up on Southern Miss. This is, you know – Force him into thinking, you know, maybe we should just get rid of this quarterback, guys, because he's terrible. Um, 38-14, handled our business. They're not good, uh, but, you know, we're good. Next game, home versus Utah. That was a road game. That's two road games in a row, and that's the thing that has been plaguing South of Trail for uh, a long time. We had lost to Southern uh, Methodist on the road, Louisiana Tech on the road, Missouri on the road, and... Two road wins in a row, right? Rice, Southern Miss, those are huge. Coming back home where we were also, we had also been pretty terrible, right? We were on, a, I think it was like a three-game losing streak at home, right? UAB blew us out 40-6. to six. Marshall, 49-21. Then Liberty, uh, 35-26. Three-game losing streak at home. It happens when you're one and six. Um, you take on a UTEP team that was feeling good. They were not good. I, I had very a very low opinion of UTEP, and if they didn't start – Six and zero, or six and one, or whatever it was, uh, six and one, because they lost to Texas, right? If they didn't start that strongly, uh, you know, Dana Dimble would be looking, looking at the uh, I'm about to get fired odds, also, maybe place a bet on himself or something. Um, you know, it, it just kind of tells you that the cheap wins are useful wins. You know, they can at least get people to your stadium when they see the record. A lot of fans are casual fans. And they see, oh, look, they have a lot of wins, and they don't really know who you play. You play, like, one interesting team, it's all right. Um, so getting to this point, UTEP not good. Uh, you saw it. We saw it. North Texas wins it um, with that sort of miracle throw to, uh, uh, is it Detravius? Detravian Brown? I can't remember his name right now. I apologize. Uh but that Austin Ani throw it up there, it reminded me of that time. I think we beat UAB, or is it Charlotte? It was UAB, right? Uh, with, like, Jeff Wilson returning the ball or getting a long run, uh, getting down, and then we kick a field goal to win it. We were very fortunate that season. We had a little bit of that magic, right, where we won games we shouldn't have won. Uh, but, you know, whatever. You take the lucky. Take the fortune. In this game, we shouldn't have allowed, <laughs> we shouldn't have allowed UTEP to come back. We allowed a 99-yard drive for them to score a touchdown. Uh, we couldn't convert a first down. We allowed them to drive a kick a field goal. They tied it at 17, and then you know we s- sort of stole it, I guess. But we shouldn't have, we, are, we shouldn't have put it in harm's way. We basically locked uh, 
left the windows down in the car with our valuables on the on the seat, right? We did that equivalent. So yeah, it may have got stolen and we got it returned, but uh, we shouldn't have put it so so available, right, for the ladrone. Anyway, um, moving on. This FIU team, and I tweeted about this before the game, like that season, like it was all kind of leading up. Like we we could see what was gonna happen. I think in that Marshall game, we we talked about it, like. Maybe we can make a bowl game, right? Rice, Southern Miss, UTEP, FIU, very terrible. UTSA, very good. North Texas needs six wins to reach bowl eligibility, right? And there's no guarantee that North Texas makes a bowl, although there are not a lot of good teams out there. There's two criteria for getting to a bowl. One, you have enough wins, right? That's the six. And the second one, Arguably more important than the than the number of wins is that you will travel or at least get eyeballs, right? Will people watch you? Do they care about you? Um, in this, it is UTSA Hate Week. Uh, I see. I've seen a couple of people uh, going back to when like UTSA had six wins and was left out of a bowl game. And uh, I think I remember UTSA fans at the time were like, "What? They're letting Marshall in? Marshall's not? What, whatever." It's it's about a Q rating, right? It's a business. Do people care about you? Do they want to see your team? Will they show up? North Texas fans will show up for the team. I remember I was there. There were thirty plus thousand people at Apogee for that Louisiana Tech game. That was incredible. Um, you know, I think in a three four week span. We set the all-time record uh, for attendance at Apogee like twice, three times or something like that. It was all top ten stuff. People were showing up, showing out for this team. Uh, I remember the Heart of Dallas Bowl uh, against Army and against uh, um, UNLV. North Texas fans showed up. Was it convenient to show up? Yes. But, you know, that's also why they, they chose us because they knew we'd show up. Anyway, my point in all that meaning that it doesn't necessarily guarantee a bowl appearance that they get six wins. But it, it's step one, right? You absolutely need it. And now, consider that if they beat UTSA, right, to get that, and what they need to do is win. And if they win, it's very possible that people are like, well, let's put the team that beat UTSA in a bowl. Uh, but I would also add to that, consider that even if they don't go to a bowl game after that, that there is no bowl game that would be as dramatic as this game uh, uh, right here. You know? North Texas is hosting a ranked team. Now, whether or not you consider them a real-life ranked team or whatever, they're a ranked team in Apogee, and it matters. It is for something. It's for bowl eligibility, right? It's for not a non-losing season for Seth Luttrell, at the very least. Uh, I would argue that it is probably the biggest game, considering all factors, that he's ever had to coach. Yes, the uh, conference championship game matters It's for a trophy. That's very important, the one he lost to FAU. However, his job wasn't really on the line then, right? It was nice to have everybody felt like the future's in front of him. Um, that uh, Louisiana Tech game that they lost, uh, you know, the field goal block in, in Apogee, that was a huge game, but there were still seasons to play, you know, the season to play. The UAB game in Birmingham, where that same season where they lost, they were up 21-10 at halftime and they lose at the end of the game. And, you know, people blamed them for and there was bad calls, whatever. That was a huge game. But still a lot to play for, right? Bowl games, everybody feels like the team was on the up and up, whatever. Um, even that, uh, that uh, I think, President Smastrix was like, I feel like this is for the West Division. Right before that uh, miracle drive, uh, the, the drive by Mason Fine. Score the touchdown against UTSA's defense, right? You know, at Apogee. That was a big game, but there was a lot of season to play, right? This is, it, it very well could be for Seth Luttrell's job. Like maybe he, he keeps his, he keeps his job actually. They don't like just let him go, fire him right there. But I think it puts the nail in the coffin. He would have to pull out some kind of miracle season next year. I forget exactly how many years he has left on his contract to, to have it going, right? Maybe it means Ren Baker, maybe he was already doing some due diligence. Maybe he does a little harder diligence, right? Let's revisit. Let's see who's available because we really need to replace this guy. Um, so not only is it for the job, 
It's for bowl eligibility. It's to salvage this season. Right. A lot of momentum was lost. Uh, I would argue after that Northwestern State game where we didn't really play that well. But also for from the SMU game, that was terrible. Um, you know, losing to SMU years in a row, not good. Uh, you know, a lot of fans, I could, I can see it in the stats, not a whole lot of people are getting to MeanGreenNation.com, whereas when we're in the height of popularity, everybody's, you know, hitting the site. Er, anything and everything. You can see all the little fan accounts pop up, right? All of a sudden, there's 10 new Twitter accounts wanting to be a Mean Green uh, fan site. Now, not so much. Anyway, there's that, salvaging the season. And then, of course, it's a rivalry game. Now, I don't know where you fall, right? you particular listener that I'm speaking to right now in your ear, uh, where you fall on the is UTSA a rival or not. I think they are. Like My own personal version of this, I, I felt it coming. It's north versus south, right? You know, it's North Texas, South Texas, that kind of thing. I think they're a similarly situated program, school, right? They're in a big town. They're like, you know, uh, in San Antonio, but then you know, not necessarily the you know, the uh, number one team in San Antonio, right? That's obviously the Spurs. Um, and then, or, or in, in college football, there's a lot of Texas fans there. Uh, there's a lot of people that go to UTSA that really wish they went somewhere else. I think for a lot of time in North Texas's history, it was like that. Like, ah, I'm a TCU fan, but I'll go to tech, North Texas. Whatever. Similar problems, that kind of stuff. There's a contrast. A, a program that's been around for a long time versus a startup. A lot of people did not want to be associated with UTSA in 2011, 2010, in, in that early time frame. I thought it would be healthy for us because, I mean, it's we needed some kind of rival. I remember NCAA, like, 20, 2009, whatever. One of those. It was like uh, North Texas rivals are Middle Tennessee and Arkansas State and Idaho. I was like, what? Uh, maybe, but I mean, I don't. I know zero people that that profess to be graduates of the University of Idaho or Middle Tennessee or Arkansas State. Um, you see a lot of UTSA people, right? It's great to have a place you can travel to in Texas. Texas is such a big state. Five hours, you're still in in the state. It's it's ridiculous. So more games against teams, and especially teams in like big cities, is good for North Texas, and that's why it would be good. And I, I said also at the time that the first team to lose something important to get hurt, that's when it would start to be a rivalry, right? Um, that 2013 season, that was a gut punch. Right, like I'm, I'm from San Antonio, so you know it was cool to see UTSA, like see a team using the Alamo Dome for its intended purpose. It was used to be the Spurs Arena, and they used to cut it in half and put, you know, the basketball arena on one side, and they've had a bunch of like, you know, fake football in there, USFL, whatever you want to call it. But it was cool to see it used for its intended purpose. Yeah, the only other time I'd seen it like that was like at the Alamo Bowl or something. Um, so you, you have. You have North Texas versus UTSA. That was a gut punch. That 2013 season, North Texas 5-0, and uh, undefeated, unblemished at Apogee. They're playing super well. The defense was ridiculous. Um, all those guys, Marcus Trice, uh, Brandon Bird, Derek Thompson, good team. Breland Chancellor, really good team. Uh, but, you know, not, not perfect. They didn't really have an explosive offense. It relied a lot on defense. And UTSA came in. I think they were bowl ineligible that season, but they beat us there, right? It was an ugly game, cold as hell, where North Texas really didn't play as well as they did the week previous against UTEP and uh, on homecoming. I went up for that one. That was great. Blew out UTEP. I, if they played that game again, I think North Texas blows them out. But for whatever reason, that day, like Derek Thompson's passes were just a little bit off. Uh, the defense, the, the ball was bouncing just a little bit, you know, left or right. I think Marcus Trice got an interception that day. We just couldn't score when we needed to. We couldn't get the yards when we needed them. And in the end, North Texas had a chance. I think Derek Thompson led a drive. Uh, we didn't score the touchdown that would have allowed us to go for two. We needed. We lost by like eight or whatever it was. Um, it was. It was there. It was possible. It just didn't happen. And I think a lot of North Texas fans started that hurt that day. I know my wife, you know, at the time, she was like, uh, you know, she was like, whatever, you know, I, 
from San Antonio. She had the same situation. She was like, you know, I don't hate them. I don't really understand. It's not really a rivalry. But as we were walking out, she was like, oh, my God, I hate them. And the next day I was talking to, we did a podcast. Um, uh, guy was like, I I hate that team. It was just a, just now I hate them. I want them to lose everything. And that's that's how it has to happen. In order for it to mean something, somebody had to lose something meaningful. Somebody had to beat somebody and take something away. And that's how it has to happen. So was it good in the moment? No, it was not. Was it good for the health of this kind of rivalry? Yeah. Uh, would I have preferred to be the one take doing the taking? Yes, definitely. Now, all these years later, maybe you want to go back. Um, I think the next year we lost again on the road, and that was, you know, uh, North Texas was not very good that season. Uh, yeah, we were, we're actually pretty terrible. We lost that one, so we're 0-2. The third one we won. We were very terrible. We played in uh, in Denton, and that was the the lock the gate season, right? We won one game that season. It was against them, and you know, uh, <laughs> we're two bad teams, and North Texas beat them, so that was fine. Whatever. They didn't really care. We were not good. Whatever. Uh, the next season, I think, uh, was the Mason Fine year, right? That was 2016, and we lost on the road over there. It really didn't. Like Mason Fine turned the ball over like four times. We had them. We, we should have won that game. They were better. They were more advanced team, a little bit more senior laden. Lose there. Then there was a 2017 te- uh, season. We won at home. Uh, 2018 season. I think we blew them out there. Uh, I, I'm kind of forgetting the the timeline. And then you know 2019. I think we blew them out again. It was a it was a bad. Blew them out in Denton. 2020, last season, we got blown out because we were terrible. Terrible defense. Sincere McCormick ran for like 500 yards, whatever it was. Uh, one of a number of running backs that season that ran for career days or, uh, you know, a team that ran for a career yardage uh, or like set a record or something. So now this year, all these years later, North Texas, still very bad. We have something to play for, bowl eligibility, but more importantly, perhaps, we have something to take away. We can take away their perfect season. Yeah, they have a bowl game maybe, and they have the conference championship game against a really good, probably Western Kentucky team or even a Marshall team ahead of them. They are going to be tested in that game. But this is the game to take it away, to snatch it away. Jeff Trailer over there, UTSA's head coach, um, you know, he says, we know that, you know, they can ruin our season and, we we can ruin their season, right? You know, it's both things. Uh, he's saying the right things, and good on him for doing that. Uh, I I don't know if they're re- actually buying it. I don't know. Whatever, you know, you never know how much of the coaches speak that everybody buys. They all they're all saying, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm into it. I, I love it. I love this guy. This head coach is great. But you know, not to bl- to diminish anything. That's what everybody says about the coach in a winning season, right? Everybody loves coaching. Um. It's true. North Texas needs to win this game. They don't need to win this game, uh, but they want to win this game. Now, let's talk about how we played against uh, FIU real quick. Blew them out, forty-nine to seven. Um, you know, FIU is not very good at all. Uh, you saw this week, or at least the week leading up to the game, that their head coach Butch Davis basically blamed the administration for making the team terrible. And if you, you know. Even if you say take twenty percent, ten twenty percent of his side of the story, and say, "Yeah, maybe you're just kind of exaggerating a little bit," I mean, I don't think he's very wrong. And you can see, yeah, FIU is not very good. You listen to FIU fans; they'll tell you that there's not a whole lot of investment in the program. It holds up. So, I say all that just to give context to the kind of team we're blowing out. FIU is very bad, the worst team in the conference uh, by far. They give up the most yards rushing. Just very terrible. And North Texas didn't really start out too strong. Only scored like the seven before the second quarter. We scored 28 and just outgained them, just dominated, right? But I think the good thing is that that's what we're supposed to do, right? Like a decent team would dominate that team. So maybe we're a decent team, right? A good team maybe scores 60. Maybe we're not a good team. We don't have to be a good team leading up to this game. UTSA, a good team. And I'm going to say this a lot because I know I'm going to get some cross-fandom listen to this one. UTSA is a good team. 
They have a good quarterback. Frank Harris, I've said, uh, North Texas tried to recruit him. He, he came down to like one or two you know, teams, and North Texas was one of them, and he chose UTSA. Uh, he's a Clemens kid. It's a Cibolo or a shirt Cibolo, Universal City ISD. Uh, that's the same school that Scott Hall went to, and I went to, by the way. Um, you know, he, he's he's talented. He can uh, make plays. I think one thing that I like about him, right, and you just, man, this guy's good, is that he just has a feel for making plays, right? Uh, is it a run right now? Is it uh, is it a throw? He's not afraid to make any kind of throw. Uh, that hurts him sometimes. Like, he doesn't have the most ridiculous stats. But he can throw a slant, and sometimes that's all they need because they have good receivers. He can throw a fade, and that's all he needs because he gives the receivers a chance. And, you know, he's cool under pressure. He will throw some interceptions, however. One thing we saw Southern Miss do uh, and UTEP do uh, was, you know, get their hands on some easy type interception passes. Uh, he cleaned that up against UAB, but he was sacked five times. UAB's defensive front. Really good. I, I guess let me give some. Pr- I covered this game for CUSA Report, ConferenceUSAReport.com. Um, so I was in the press box. I watched it. I was on the sideline. I could see the game. Um, you know, I, I did a preview of the game. UAB is a very good team. And coming into that game, UAB had a game plan, the one that they executed against Marshall, which is use our offense, score early, hit Shropshire deep, um, and then run the ball with effectiveness. And control the game, limit big plays from Marshall, and we should be good, right? They did that, and Marshall was one of the, uh, as we saw, one of the teams in this conference that would uh, put up big yards, get explosive plays. They like to throw the ball downfield, and they were limited by UAB. UAB had a very good game plan against them, and they executed. The same game plan came out. They first drive, they hit Shropshire for, uh, I forget, what was it like a 50-yard pass or whatever it was? They hit him twice. It was basically note for note from the Marshall game by UAB. Full credit to them. They're a good team. One thing they could not do, they scored like they had 349 uh, total yards in the first half. Just gigantic run lanes, throwing the ball with effect, you know, with uh, with precision. I think Dylan Hopkins, the UAB quarterback, had one of his best games uh, ever. The dude, it was like eight for nine for like uh, 200 yards for, for a moment there or something like that. The point is, he was good. They were executing, and yet UTSA was able to win the game. How? They have that magic right now. They uh, they, they don't give up. They have talented players that can make plays. Uh, if you're a long-time listener to this podcast, you've heard me say things about, like, finding a guy that make, can make shouldn't plays, right? Uh, your scheme, you can scheme up a block and this, that, and the other, and, you know, that should get you – five to eight yards, whatever. If you block it up all the way, if you just do what the coaches tell you and all that other good stuff. But plays break down, and sometimes a guy that's supposed to be blocked up, he comes free. Sometimes a guy that's supposed to run the correct route, he doesn't. Whatever, right? So you need a guy that can make a shouldn't play. Jeff Wilson, and this is why he's in the NFL, was able to make those shouldn't plays. We blocked it up for what should have been a one-yard loss. And he would turn it into an eight-yard game. It doesn't show up. It's not super huge, right? But it's important. Those are winning plays, right? That's how you, you know, y- and you can see Frank Harris turn one of those into, like, he should have been sacked. Say that again. Sorry, my, my uh, Apple Watch is listening to me. Um, Frank Harris turned in that game. And I, I, m- I mentioned this right before the half. I think I tweeted about it. He turned what should have been a sack into uh, a little flip to the running back, and they got some yards. That got him into field goal range. Not huge, right? They they didn't keep serve with UAB, right? UAB was scoring touchdowns, and then all of a sudden UTSA scores a field goal. Those are the winning points, right? That's the winning margin. That is the difference between, you know, not winning and winning. You know, those are winning plays. It's a winning play. They make winning plays. Uh, not only him, they have the receivers out there. You saw the dude make a one-handed catch. They do a lot of that kind of stuff. Plays that shouldn't be made, they make them. One-handed catch here, catching double coverage there, uh, shake a tackle here, 
pick up a fumble or force a fumble or, you know, make a read that otherwise other another guy wouldn't. Uh, I saw Rashad Wisdom uh, sniff out another Shropshire deep ball in the early of the third quarter. Uh, he was open, right? UAB schemed it up right. He had him open. He broke off his route because he recognized it, his uh, defensive route. Turned it up field, closed it down, got a hand on it, right? I think Shropshire still had – he ended up, like, putting his shoulder on it or whatever. Like, he had a chance, but that was a winning play. UTSA has guys that can make winning plays. They're very good. Now, are they world beaters? Are they Georgia? Are they any of these teams that could, you know, put 70 on you? No. They – you look at their at their schedule, they have ground – Grinded out some victories. They played an ugly game against UNLV. Not a very good team. They almost got upset by uh, Southern Miss. Uh, not a very good team. I think their best games have been against Louisiana Tech. Uh, but that was also when I thought Tech was a lot better than they were. Uh, what they turned out to be. Like Tech has lost some very bad games. Uh, I think they just kind of fell apart there for a little bit. Uh, to me, their most impressive victory is by far this UAB game. And... You know, I think UAB, they had them schemed up. They had a great game plan. They had the game won. They were up uh, by, was it four points? Uh, they just needed to stop. They got to stop. And I've always said that UAB and UTSA, for that matter, is one of those teams where if you have to stop them from getting a first down, like on the ground, it's like fourth and two, third and three, or something like that, then your chances are very slim because they're good enough to get that, right? You look at UTSA, Frank Harris can scoot. He can run around the end, uh, and so they they run the threat right of uh, sincere McCormick, and you have to respect that. But then you have to account for Frank Harris, who can make a guy miss, right? And that's all he needs. He doesn't need to get 300 yards rushing. He needs, and he can get just that five yards, that 10 yards, the six yards, the two yards, right? That makes them dangerous because they can. Um, and UAB, for whatever reason, didn't try to get it an inch, right? I, I'm like, look, go win the game. I, I understand everything that happened. Go win the game. I understand that you're relying on their defense, but your defense already did the job. They already got the stop. Go win the game, Bill Clark. Um, that's one thing that I thought UAB had was a coach that would recognize when it's time to win, um, you know, a running game that could execute and get a win, uh, get a run, get the inch, get that kind of stuff, and, and win the game in that way. And that whole thing reminded me very much of when UTSA didn't run for like a yard, I think it was. They punted, Mason Fine gets it, takes it all the way and goes score. Uh, don't give, like, the ball's the most precious thing. Don't give up the, the game. I'd rather have the ball and go and, and have a chance to win, right? I, I'd rather be third and one with the chance to win the game than the defense with the chance to win the game and have to get a stop, right? No matter what, just... You never know what can happen. A guy can misread the ball. You're always reacting on defense. Uh, give me the ball. That's the that's the point of the game, right? You, you, it's hard to score points if you don't have the ball. So um, that all that to lead up to the point that UTSA is very good, and we have to play a very good game. We have the best rushing team by stats in the conference in the nation, um, but. I'm a little skeptical of our ability to get yards when they matter. Like, we don't really have a guy. Like, I, I, I love DeAndre Torrey, but we don't really have uh, a running back that can get three yards when there's only two, right? That can get one yard when there's none. You know, that Jeff Wilson kind of dude. Uh, DeAndre Torrey can take it 50 yards if it's there, right? Like, if you give him, if you give him five yards, he can get 50. If you give him 10, he can get 70, right? But I don't know if you give him zero if he's getting five. Does that make sense? And I think that's a huge difference, right? And you look at the rest of the roster. I like Ragsdale a lot. Uh, I like uh, I like uh, uh, Ayo Adeji. That dude's good. I think we have some talent there. North Texas always has the ability to find some running backs. Um, but are those guys, you know, uh, shouldn't players you know what i mean are they are they the playmakers the guy that can make a play we don't know yet we you don't never know until you know and and i mean i'm just thinking right now uh about like jalen darden and how he would turn a like a three-yard gain into a 
into a 50-yard touchdown. Like that, that's what I'm talking about there. Where you just say, give him the ball because good things are going to happen. And then if you're a great, um, if you're a great schematic person, you find a way to get him the ball in open space, in gobs of space, and then you're that's that's winning football, that's winning coaching, that's winning planning. Um, you know, taking putting your positions in places to succeed, yeah, but in where they can succeed to the greatest extent. You know, all right. So Asanani, we don't. <laughs> I think a friend of the show, Greg, Mr. Greg Godecker, there was saying that we just need. We need somebody to play outside of their mind. I was saying, you know what? Um, circa around the, the Liberty game, the Rice game, I was like, you know what? Maybe we get uh, uh, Pioneer Kid out there, and he goes crazy, throws for 750 yards, whatever it is, uh, as we upset UTSA and, and spoil their perfect season. Um, you know, I, whatever. Now's the time to show out, right? Don't hold anything back. We're going to need it all. We're going to need smart plays, but we're also going to need um, a little boldness. I said something like we need some clever, right? It can't be the same old, same old. Look at uh, look at Southern Miss. They shocked them, made things kind of interesting because they came out with some, uh, with some uh, cleverness, some outside-of-the-box thinking. They said, we don't have a quarterback. Instead of saying, well, we'll just play very conservative quarterback, right? We'll get a guy out there, and we'll just have him throw five-yard passes. They say, you know what? No, let's get our best dude. Let's get uh, Frank Gore out here, and let's give him the ball. And, you know, we'll change it up. He can throw a pass, but he's going to be a threat every time to run. And that shook up UTSA for a little bit, right? And then Frank Gore got hurt. I wonder if he didn't get hurt if they don't. Uh, Southern Miss doesn't win that game. That's what we need. If it's uh if Austin Ani's not the dude, then get out there. Who's the dude? Who's our best player? Right? Let's get him the ball. Let's be clever. Let's you know find every trick play that we 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 can possibly find, and let's execute that. Right? Let's not go to our same old short yardage package. Let's find something different. Right? Whatever it is, it's time to be clever. It's time to be bold. Because we can't just line up against UTSA and say, no, we're gonna beat you right here. That's that's silly. There's no there's no reason why that would work, given what we know about both teams, right? UTSA is very good. Uh, we're going to have to line up against them and get and you know we're gonna line up in our base offense and we're gonna try to run at them, right? We're gonna run a power at them and we're gonna see if we can get DeAndre Torrey loose. That's all well and good. That's all fine. We're gonna need a lot of that, but in those extra moments, right? Winning time moments. Third and three moments, that's when it's time. That's when it's time to break out the clever. That's when it's time to break out the bold. Um, and, you know, a little fortune is what we need. What can you do, oh fan? You're not in the you're not in the um the film room, right? You're not in the field, you're not coaching them. If you said anything to them and you were in any of those places, they'd ask you who you are and you need to leave. Um what we can do is support them, right? We can get out there, show up. And yell for the team. Um, there's something to play for. There's a reason to play. And I know everybody has like their Thanksgiving things, hosting Friendsgiving, whatever. Um, you know, change it up. Adjust the schedule a little bit. Uh, I'm going to fly up there for Mean Green Nation HQ. And um, I'm going to be cheering for uh, for the Mean Green. My team. Uh, my program. Um, you know, go walk around on my campus. I'm going to go look at a, I bought a brick. There's a brick that I got out to the, the union. You know, I'm going to go look at it, touch the brick, do like a, a little, little kiss to the sky, a little Sammy Sosa kind of deal. Um, whatever. I, I'm going to do whatever it takes. This is the moment. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We're probably going to lose. I think we're 13-point underdogs. Whatever. It doesn't matter. This is what. This is why you play. This is why you support the teams for these moments right here. Um I was saying there, there's no there's no replacement. I've been in movie. I've been to movies. I've watched movies. Uh, I've been to like live theater, to concerts, this, that, and the other. Right? There's a lot of stuff that you know will move the human soul. Uh, you know, like wow, that was a great movie. I you know I was sad or I was excited. I was thrilled. Whatever. Right? There's nothing like a sporting event, a live sporting event, to just do all of that. Right, 
It has all of the drama, but it's unscripted. In the moment, you can feel it. There's nothing like that. Watching your team do the impossible. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. I'll tell the this story. Uh, so the 1999 season, I w- I you know was Spurs fan. I was a kid, and I was rooting for the Spurs, and they were playing Portland. And Sean Elliott hit the Memorial Day miracle, right? The falling away three. That was all great and whatever. And you got to understand th- the time before this, the Spurs were coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? They were known as the team that was always going to mess it up. My uncles, my, you know, everybody that was older than me was saying stuff like that. Like, eh, you know, the Spurs are never going to really win. You never, They never gave their heart all in because they were like, eh, they always find a way to lose. And uh, like the week prior, the Spurs, I went to the playoff game. The Spurs played the Lakers. And they were down, losing late, and it kind of felt that same thing. You kind of felt the whole arena felt the same way. Uh, Kobe Bryant missed two free throws, right? It, um, a little spark. They had a chance. Um, right before that, Sean Elliott got a three-pointer, took like an ill-advised three, and he airballed it. And it was like, I, was, I remember thinking, God dang it, Sean, what are you doing? Anyway, the Spurs ended up winning that game against the Lakers, and you kind of felt like, oh, maybe maybe they just have the kind of like that magic, right? That was a game they should have lost. So fast forward a week later, they're playing game two against the Portland Trailblazers. Similar situation, Spurs are down two. And, um, you know, they inbound the ball. Sean Elliott is on the opposite side, and he takes a three. And I remember thinking, oh, no, not again. And as the ball left his hands and I could see it go in, I was, like, way up in the top of the Alamo Dome. Um, And it goes in, and the whole crowd erupts, like, oh, I can't believe he did it. I remember my uncle, like, he was eating peanuts the whole game. I just remember peanuts flying through the air as he was shouting, he did it, he did it. And my dad, it was, it was crazy. It was a ridiculous moment. And um, you, you, the Spurs were down like eight and six. It just felt like a loss. And then it wasn't a loss, right? There was nothing. There's, I've been to a lot of games. I, I've been like I said, movies, whatever like that. There's nothing like that feeling when that happens. Um, I haven't felt it, you know in the same kind of way other than sporting events, right? I said, watching North Texas win uh, the Heart of Dallas Bowl, uh, you know, still had a little sports tier. Some of them I, kinda, I drank a lot in the stadium. I had maybe had a few too many. You know, it's easy to get emotional when you have a lot of beers in you. But that feeling, right, is unique. But you don't get it unless you go, right, unless you're there, unless you support, and, and you know, it hurts. It sucks when it when you get punched in the gut. In 2013, I was there. I was cold, and I my my, my stomach felt like I got you know kicked uh, by the UTSA Roadrunners. And then seeing some people I knew like shouting at the UTSA thing, I was like, ugh. Uh, it was then that my heart hardened. Um, so I'm gonna go. You go. We'll go to give ourselves a chance to watch something amazing happen. It could happen. It it is it likely? No, it's not likely to happen. But it could, and you want to be there for the could because there will be nothing like it, nothing even close to it if it happens. Uh, so that that's what I'm thankful for. Right? You know, what are you thankful for? Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that this season in particular, right, especially after 2020, which sucked, uh, not only for football, for everything, this 2021 football season has been non-good. And I think the guys have done a hell of a job to stick with it. It's very difficult to stick with these kinds of things. Everybody thinks you suck. Why try hard, right? Nobody's showing up to the games. I mean, maybe you should quit, right? Maybe you should think about becoming an enterprise guy, whatever. Um, but you set yourself up for this moment, and it could be this could be a UTEP moment, right? They had it on ESPN. People were out there, uh, people doing inappropriate things in the back of their... Uh, of their um, uh, Toyota Tundra or whatever it was, uh, you know, it kind of ends up being a flop. Whatever, that's what happens. That's the risk you take. Uh, I think Sports Sturm there talks about it. Like, that's what sports is. Like, it, it's great. There's a lot more pain than there is uh, great feelings, but those great feelings, you will chase them forever and always because they are so great. And I'm looking forward to getting the chance to see the great. And uh, I think... I was reminded of this as I was out on the sideline 
I said doing reporting work for USAReport.com. UTSA's bench, they felt like they lost. They were walking around. They were getting frustrated. They basically felt like they lost. And that drive, right, they're getting all the way down there. They celebrated not, not only that they won, not only whatever, but it was more relief. They were just like, ah, we didn't lose. And you could see it was very emotional. And then at the UAB dudes walking off the field, uh, it was that cliche that, you know, the uh, victory, the whatever, the highs of victory and then the agony of defeat. It was very much that. Uh, those UAB dudes walking off the field, they're pissed, cursing, all the things that happened when you, you tried really hard and you failed and came up short. Uh, that sucked for them, right? You can see that. You see that moment. It it sucks. Playing sports, rooting for people in sports. You see all the people in the stands. You can't do anything about it. And they're like loud on offense. And the the fan the f- players are like shut up, like uh, cursing at them because they're like y- you're ruining it. You don't know what's going on. All of that is uh is the risk you take uh <laughs> for for a great moment. And you know they they had the relief or whatever like that. I I hope we blow them out. I mean again that's even less likely. But God, I hope. I'd rather just be up like by 55 points at like halftime or something like that, you know, where I don't have to feel like I can just enjoy the whole thing and be like, well, maybe they could come back from down 55. That's a possibility. But I want it to be guaranteed earlier because I don't want to have that pit in my stomach where I'm like, oh, come on, don't mess it up, where everything is just, you know, life or death because that sucks. But it's also great. Um you know, like it was in the uh, NCAA tournament, right? Watching watching North Texas do the deal. Um, those games were were hellish sometimes. Watching uh, Jalen, uh, I mean Jalen, uh, Javion Hamlet ball out. Um, you know, clutch shots in late in the game, hitting those overtime uh, buckets. All those living and dying with the ball just going up, and you just, you know. You feel like uh, like you you actually just want the game to be over because uh, it hurts too much. That is sports. That's what makes it great. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I will see you there. If you want to hang out with me, I will make myself available. I guess I'll just be in and around the tailgate for a little bit. Um, you know, let me know. Same way you usually do. You can DM me if you know my number. Some of you do. Uh, you can text me. Uh, if you know you just want to talk about the game, you can. You can do that. This is a good time. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, let's let's ruin their season. That would just be so sweet. The sweetest thing. Outside of that, let's talk about a little bit about the basketball team. Play Kansas this week. Uh, you know, basketball teams. They're not. I, I don't think they're they're favored to win the the league. Uh, set your expectations on on. You know, competition. Uh, Louisiana Tech is very good. Western Kentucky is good also. UAB, they're very good. And if you can just kind of be in the late rounds, get a semifinal appearance in the conference championship game against the likes of those guys, I think you will have done well. Um, we, We don't really have an established dude, a killer like Hamlet in this time. And that's fine. Like I said, it's hard to find that guy. He was a shouldn't player, right? He would make a play when there there was no play to make. Uh, a lot of guys stepped up, um, and you know, uh, Thomas one of them, but a lot of guys left. They haven't been through all the wars, all the battles, uh, all the crunch time victories. Um, so you know, that's the nature of college basketball. And you know, we'll see what this team is. We don't know yet. We know they have some talent, but we don't know if they can win those ugly games. That's what we need. I'm excited about seeing them, though. The, uh, the basketball team's really fun. Grant McGaslin hasn't had a really disappointing team that didn't have a good reason to be disappointing, like um, like maybe they got injured, right? So that's the good part, right? You, you know you, what you're getting with that squad. There you go. Is that everything? I think that's everything. That's 50 minutes of Mean Green Talk. Uh, folks, like I said all the time, I apologize for the podcast not being up. Uh, in case you were wondering what I'm eating, I'm eating a pizza right now. It's pizza time. Uh, pizza and wine. I haven't actually tasted any of this wine, but I hear it's a good one. Says my wife. Um, you can subscribe 
we're on iTunes. We're on all the things. I think we're on Spotify. I have to like do some stuff to get actually get us on Spotify. Uh, Spotify is like the number one audio streaming thing and whatever. They have an open access protocol. I have to do some stuff. I like to take the long way, so I, I apologize. I'm a software developer by trade, so I like to fiddle around. I like to take the long way and do things myself instead of doing it the easy way. Uh, that's just the way it works. Um, you can subscribe. You can support the site. Uh, like I said, I've been trying to mention that a little bit more. Uh, it, it eases the burden on me because it makes it, uh, you know, I'm not just losing money. I don't find I'm, uh, it's fine. I'm just going to keep doing this, but it's not going to be like a site. Maybe it will be like I don't know, a terrible newsletter uh, if, if it becomes too expensive or something. So stuff like this, like the hosting, all the podcasts, all that kind of stuff. It does cost money. Uh, you're sort of guaranteeing that it, it stays in its uh, in its form and that we can do some kind of cool stuff uh, when when those times arrive. Like um, what do we do? We did a shirt that one time. That was fun. Mike Lawrence bought one, uh, apparently, or his mom or something. Mason Fine has one. Cool stuff like that. Um, and we did ebooks for a while. We we're doing season previews, like really getting the season previews. And if you like subscribe, you're a member, you get access to those kinds of things. Uh, you know, the pandemic kind of put some breaks on us. We had a nice little little membership, and then and then we we <laughs> relieved everybody of their uh, obligations to us. And now we opened it up again. Um, so yeah, stuff like that, subscribe, support the site, all that other good stuff. We try not to be your, your typical hot take guns or like, we're just trying to play radio dude, um, you know, and pretend like we're on, on the sports animal or something. And that's the same thing. We, we try not to be just content machine. Like uh, what are the top five moments in main green history? Like, you know, cool. We're not trying to get your clicks. Because I'm not trying to advertise to you. Now that said, if you're like, you know what, I want to advertise to the to the faithful listeners of the Mingre Nation podcast or on the site. I mean, you can talk to me about it. We'll see what's up. But uh, that's that's not really what this the whole thing's about. You know, uh, I'm not trying to make a buck off of you. Uh, we're trying to just support the site. But I'm not opposed to making a buck. I am a capitalist at heart. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Mingre Nation podcast. Go, mean. Green.